Okay, so we are looking at time and uh, I know it's, it's been some time since I last preached on time, but I feel I want to, I want to finish the series. Uh, we're looking at Jesus, so that's the most exciting bit. So let's just pray and prepare our hearts. Yeah? Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this wonderful morning. Thank you for reminding us what a good God you are, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that we can call out to you, we can cry out to you, we can reach out to you, Lord. You comfort us, you strengthen us. And uh, you bless us, Lord. Truly, you are uh, an amazing God. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord, as Auntie Asha reminded us this morning. Thank you uh, for laying down your life for us, Lord. We are so grateful to you, Lord Jesus. And uh, we thank you. We pray, Lord, as we look at your word, speak into our hearts, Lord Jesus. Speak as we walked into our new year, into a new year, Lord Jesus. The disappointments of the last year, Lord, uh, we, we laid aside, Lord, and uh, we look to you, Lord, truly. And we pray, Lord, you will speak to us afresh. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Just a reminder, uh, just a clarification that it's not starting tomorrow, Monday. It's starting 18th Monday. So we have a week to feast. Okay. And then on, on the 18th onwards, we will get back to our uh, prayer and fasting time. All right. Okay. Coming back to time. Uh, what have we looked at so far? So far, we are looking at a biblical perspective of time. Okay, what does the Bible teach us on time? And there is so much, so much more that, uh, you know, we can look at. But what we briefly looked at uh, over the four Sundays that we've had this is we've looked at how God created everything in the, in the span of time, you know. So there is six days he worked, seventh day he rested. So the whole creation story in Genesis 1 is uh, time bound, you know, and God binds everything that he's created in, in a time. So we know that there is a new heaven and a new earth coming. So even this earth that we live in and the heavens itself will be rolled away and there will be a new heaven and a new earth, which is what Revelation promises. We will be new. So we are all time bound. You know? And uh, I pray you live long, but we are all time bound. We are all on a clock, right? And someday this clock will stop ticking, but uh, we will continue in eternity. But the, the physical body so this is what the Bible says. Having said everything that God created in time, he himself is El Olam, the everlasting God. And he is timeless. He's, time, he's not bound by time. In fact, he's the one who created time, uh, Proverbs tells us. You know, so God is um, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And there is no end to him. He just, you know, he's an everlasting God. He's an eternal God. We then looked at some lessons uh, from uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, different stories. And uh, if you remember uh, that, uh, if you you missed out, then we've got the audio on Spotify. You can uh, just simply go and hear it. But we looked at different stories from the Old and the New Testament and how the story of Esther, the story of Daniel, the story of Abraham, Job, and Paul at the sea and all of that. You know, so many stories with regards to time. And through all of that, we understand one thing. God is a promise maker and God is a promise keeper. Hallelujah. Amen. Like uh, we looked at last Sunday where Abraham had to wait for 24 years for the promise to be fulfilled. It was a long time. It took a long time. But if God made a promise, he will keep it. Amen. So that is what we looked at. And then we looked at some principles. If you remember the last time when I preached, we looked at some principles with regards to time. This morning, we are going to look at Jesus. Okay. Who better than Jesus? And you'd be amazed how often Jesus thought on the subject of time. How often he 
lived uh, while on earth. So he lived in the context of time and we will look at that this morning. So let's begin with the story of Jesus. So this is how uh, Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 introduces us. It says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent out his son born of a woman, born under the law in order that he might redeem those under the law. It is an amazing verse. It says, there was a time set for Jesus to come by God himself. So even though thousands of years went by and people were waiting for the Messiah, God did not rush it. You know, just so that there was, an, there was a time set when the Messiah will come. And it says, when the time came to fulfillment, when the fullness of time came, God did send um, his son as a blessing. And as I was looking at this verse, I was reminded of... Uh, Many of our sisters who've been uh, mothers and uh, you, you get the good news that you're pregnant uh, two months into the, into the, you know, the journey, right? It's, I think it's around uh, eight weeks that you come to know that you're pregnant and then uh, you're so excited and you, you spread the news and all the uh, jazz happens over the next one, two weeks and then starts the wait. You know, after one month, it's like, okay, each day is being counted. When will the baby come? When will the baby come? As the months go by, you keep getting anxious. And, uh, you know, as you get closer to the nine month, you're not sure about the date. The doctor has given you a date. You, you feel the pain before. You, feel, you don't feel the pain on that date. So you wonder when. And it's this great excitement. But what is beautiful is God has a timing for each one of us. I remember a friend of mine at the call center. Uh, she used to always complain because her birthday was on the 31st of December. And she would say, you know, my whole, I, I just, I, I have to give my age one plus. I'm a 31st of December. If it would have, you know, so imagine if she's 82 born, she would have easily been 83 born. <laughs> so it was just one day. And because, you know, girls are a bit touchy about their age. So she was like, she used to always fuss. She said, you know, I don't know why my mother couldn't wait for one more day. She could have just held on for one more day. And I kept, I keep telling, I kept telling her always, I said, you were born on a good day. You were born in the fullness of time. Your time had come. And she said, no, no, I don't like 31st of December. You know, everyone is busy. No one has a time to party. So everyone is partying on their own. Everyone is celebrating my birthday on their own expenses. But uh, jokes apart. I just want to encourage you that God has the perfect time for each one of us, brothers and sisters. Amen. Whether you are waiting for a spouse or a child or a breakthrough in your marriage, anything that you're waiting for, even healing. I feel God wants us to know that this verse is uh, so powerful. It says in the fullness of time, Jesus came. God sent his son at the right time. You know, sometimes you and I may miss out on time. We may be late and we miss the train, you know, or we sometimes land up too early twiddling our thumbs. But God is never late or never early. He's always on time. At the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law. And what a hope that is in order that he might redeem those under the law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, if you look at the life of Jesus, something that we are called to imitate is the pattern that Jesus lived in. You know, there was a um, certain discipline to his life. Look at this verse, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark. So you could assume, take your pick, four, five, six. No, it says, he got up, 
left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is an amazingly loaded verse. You can spend an entire morning just looking at this verse. But look at the number of activities Jesus did. He says, he got up, A, B, left the house and C, went off to a solitary place. You know, he wanted to be all by himself as he prayed. But what is also important is the time. It says very early in the morning while it was still dark. Now, in case you are assuming, oh, this could just be a one-off thing, right? Uh, it must be Jesus is doing something like he's going to raise Lazarus. So that morning he went up. Well, Luke tells us, Luke 5.16, he himself often withdrew in the wilderness and prayed. Now, this was a pattern with Jesus. He would do this uh, regularly. Maybe I, I can't say daily because it's not written. But it says he often withdrew in the wilderness and prayed. He took time out from the crowd and went and prayed. So Jesus valued time with the Father so much that he prioritized it. You know, sometimes uh, you and I can get very busy. And uh, we live in a busy world. You know, we, we uh, spend a lot of time doing a lot of things, a lot of activities. And uh, one of the things that you always hear people complaining is, I don't have time. You know, why are you late? I was busy. I, 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 had, I didn't have time. And uh, I can't be there because I've got other things to do. And uh, all of that is fine. But I just hope that none of us are more busier than Jesus is. Because Jesus, despite being busy, you know, he had an agenda also while on earth. He had a clear ministry. He had to disciple his uh, men. He had to heal the sick. He had to bring some amazing teaching. He had to raise the dead, by the way cast out demons and, uh, you know, uh, heal the lepers. So many things Jesus had to do. And uh, yet he found time to spend his father, with his father. And brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you, even as we enter into a season of prayer and fasting, one of the reasons why we do this, we've been doing this for 16 years now. The reason we do this is because we want to set a tempo for the year. Hallelujah. We want to come before the Lord to seek his face, to draw from him, and I know at the start of the year, you know, there are so many things that come on you. You have New Year goals. You have, uh, you know, everyone is evaluating everything for the coming year. And so there are targets and all of that that are thrown at you. And you can aut automatically dive into uh, 2021 thinking there's so much to do. But I hope in all of this, you find time for solitude. Solitude is simply the state of being alone. You know, and that is what Jesus did. He took time. Uh, in solitude with the father you know he withdrew himself he took time out of all the busyness and i'm sure that's where his strength came from he must have been disappointed he would have been disheartened to look at certain things happen but i think the moment he went into his father's presence he must have found spiritual strength emotional strength physical strength hallelujah and let's do that let's rely on um, uh, our time with our father. Let's be nourished uh, as we spend often, we spend time with him, not just a one-off morning, but often. All right. So there is a lesson for uh, time management that we can learn from Jesus. Okay. Um, the way we spend our time defines who we are. Uh, Jonathan Estrin said that. You know, it's, it's a lovely saying. Uh, the way we spend our time, there are two things. There are the way we spend our time and with who we spend our time. You know, it's very easy to... Um, point out what this kind of, who, who this person is or what kind of a personality he is. If you look at the way he spends his time and who he spends time with. Okay, so let's just define ourselves as Christians. 
as lovers of God who love spending time with God. Another verse, uh, another lesson, it says Luke 4 verse 13, when the devil had finished all the tempting. Now we all know the story of uh, the temptation, the great temptation. It's there in Matthew 4, it's in Mark, it's in Luke. But Luke uh, mentions an important word. And look at what it says in Luke 4.13. It says, when the devil had finished all the tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Which means the devil did not give up on tempting Jesus. He simply left him only for a temporary period. The devil would come back and tempt Jesus. So it wasn't that, you know, it was three temptations and that's it. Jesus had cleared all his exams. And, you know, he didn't get a certificate saying, oh, wow, fantastic, well done. I'm not going to tempt you anymore. Uh, you know, no, it just says the devil left him until an opportune time, which means he would have come back again and again. Even in Jesus' ministry, the devil very often tried to, you know, put the spanner in the wheels, so as to say. And uh, we've got to be careful. We must understand that as Christians, we are in a battle. You know, we are in a battlefield and we have an enemy. We have an enemy. We have uh, the devil who would want to constantly trip us in our journey with Jesus. And uh, I want to encourage you, look at what Ephesians 6 verse 18 says. And there is time again. It says, pray in the spirit at all times. Amen. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. What a beautiful verse that is. It says, do this. Remember that you are in the battle and pray in the spirit at all times. Like a good soldier, stay alert. You know, I, I can never imagine a soldier, not that I've ever been to a border, but I assume if there is a border there, I'm sure there is somewhere LOC. I don't see the guy, you know, just munching, chewing gum, walking around, has left his gun and said, you know, let me just take a stroll and come. You see, because the bullets can fly from the other side. So he's on alert. He's, you know, he's on guard. He's under covering and he's making sure that he's, you know, he's got the right gear and he's already all set. Because at any time, there may be a firing and he may need to respond. And this is how it is. We fire through the prayer. So it says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Every occasion. You're sad. Bible says, pray. If you're happy, pray. Amen. You have an occasion, pray. Every occasion, whatever your occasion is. Okay. Let's just keep praying and thanking God and be alert. At all times, be alert that the times is applicable for the whole thing. And at all times, be persistent in your in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I really enjoy this uh, thing that we do every Friday. Hopefully, we start this Friday again, where we pray for different churches of commission. You know, So it's not just Masiha or Masiha members that we are praying for, but we are praying for believers from all other churches. Maybe someday we can even pray for... Uh, Churches that you and I know, which are outside of commission, you know, maybe someday we can even pray for different uh, spheres of com uh, of new frontiers, you know, because we're just one sphere commission. There are 16 other, so we can pray for each sphere. Uh, I think that is a call that Paul encourages the Ephesians to do, saying, "Hey, listen, pray for all believers everywhere, and do this time and again." <clears throat> Amen. Let's look at the teachings of Jesus. We've looked at the lifestyle of Jesus. Let's look at the teachings of Jesus. Jesus taught some amazingly important things regarding time. And we're going to quickly look at some of that. 
one of the stories, quite a lot of parables are time bound. I mean, you look at almost every parable, there is a time frame because there's a story there. So there's a time frame in that story. But uh, one of the stock stories uh, is the parable of the 10 virgins, which is so, so time bound. And we know the story. I've preached over this. There were five foolish, five wise. And, uh, you know, there was delay in the bridegroom's coming. So there you go. That, that's the time thing. And then they sleep off and they don't have enough oil. And they basically uh, miss out on five of them who are lazy and who are, don't have the oil ready. They miss out. And uh, by the time they go uh, to the banquet hall, the door is shut. And the point that Jesus would make is this. Matthew 24, 43 and 44, he says, understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, okay, there again, the time is there. What time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into, right? Common sense. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not accept him, right? When you do not expect him. So, both this, the, both the verses have a time in context. Jesus is saying, listen, my coming will be like the coming of a thief. It will be sudden. You know, it'll, you, you will, you've got to live as if the thief can come anytime. You know, you've got to be prepared all the time. Similarly, uh, Jesus says, my coming will be like that. The son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. It's very interesting that Jesus points out that um, it will be an hour that you do not expect him to come. What time of the what time of the day is it that you can't expect Jesus to come? What time? Is it three o'clock because you sleep every afternoon, or is it two o'clock in the night? You know, it's not talking in terms of the clock, but it's talking in terms of uh, a season. You know, in maybe on earth where we feel, Are, everything is going so well, it's peaceful, or maybe it's war. We don't know. But Jesus is saying, listen, I know the time when I'm coming, no one is expecting me to come. You know, probably we waited so long that none of us are expecting. I think it will be another 50 years. It may be another 100 years. You know, that's how we are thinking. So many plans that we've made and uh, probably we've got our events lined up. <laughs> Jesus says, okay, enough of your events, Masiha Church. I'm coming. I'm coming at a time where you are not expecting. You know, you never know. We probably even before we meet again, what if Jesus comes, you know, then we will never have a congregational meeting, but we will meet in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Is it, wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, you never know. Jesus is saying you are, I will come at a time where you will not be expecting. So as Christians, we've got to be always expecting Jesus saying, Lord, help us to stay alert. Let us never put our guard down. You know, let, let us never miss that hour when you turn up. And we are, uh, you know, we are like, uh, I don't mean to offend, but we're like the Goans, <laughs> chilling, chilling. And you don't, you have no idea. You know, sometimes you put your phone on silent and someone's trying to call you. Or you say, oh, I wasn't expecting your call. Sorry, I was just, you know, resting. That, that's how it can be. Look at something that Jesus spoke about his coming again. He said, the time will come for the bridegroom to be taken away. You know, so people were thinking Jesus is now only 33, right? So... Average age, 75, 80, 90, first century. So like, okay, we know Jesus is going to be around. And Jesus gives a warning to his disciples. He says, listen, the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away. And you will not know. And he will go away. And then you will pray and fast and all of that, he says. In fact, do you know what is most interesting is 
the first to confess that Jesus was son of God were the demons. Look at this. Matthew chapter 8 verse 29. It says, Behold, the demons cried out, What have you to do with us, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? See, I think the doctrine of demons is great. I mean, their understanding about Jesus is phenomenal. I think they have a deeper revelation of who Jesus is than we, we have, honestly speaking, you know. Because A, they know it is Jesus is the son of God. You know, man can deny, but demons never deny Jesus. They always acknowledge, not that they believe. There's a difference between acknowledging and believing. But they always acknowledge, you know, that's why Jesus would always tell them to shut up. Because he never wanted them to reveal. You know, he wanted the father to reveal to us who Jesus is. Not the demons to reveal to us. It's weird, right? The demons are trying to reveal to us. He's the son of God. We are telling you. We know. He's coming to torture us. We know. We know what our, you know, our tormentor looks like. We, we recognize him. But Jesus was like, hey, not you, not you. The father, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to them. You know, so I find this so interesting. And then it says, Look at the second part. It says, have you come here to torment us? Because these demons were resting in one man, right? And uh, this man with a legion, you know, and so they cry out. They say, no, this is not your time. You've appointed a time, right? When you will torture us and we will be tormented and we will be thrown into uh, hell. But this is not the time. So why have you come so early? Why have you come to torment us before time? You know, you can understand the fear in their voice. and um, you know, just the other day when I was reading the Bible, something struck me. If you search the word keys, K-E-Y-S, keys, you will find only two references in the New Testament. Only two. One is in Matthew, Matthew 16, and the other is in Revelation. In Matthew, Jesus says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, right? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, you know that verse, right? He speaks to Peter and then he speaks to the wider group which applies to us also he says listen the keys of heaven i give to you but revelation tells us the keys of hell is with jesus it's so interesting okay now i don't want to digress because i'm teaching on time but uh think over it you know give it a thought that uh it's so, such an interesting thought right jesus had both the keys he had the keys of heaven and the keys of uh hell right hades and hell it says no so death and hates. He holds the key. Now, one of the keys he decides to give to us. And he says, yeah, you go. He says, Peter. And he tells us, he says, go. I give you the kingdom of heaven, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You have opportunity now to allow anyone to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, lead people into the kingdom of heaven. We cannot obviously lead people to hell because that key is with Jesus. He will decide who will go to hell. You know, that key is with him and he continues to hold that authority. So that is amazing, right? And what, what power uh, we are celebrating. Amen. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Uh, look at these, some of these verses that I've thrown in. Uh, I want you to look at the pattern from John. Okay. So this is all John now. John 2, 8, 7 and 8. Okay. Now look at this. Jesus said to her, woman, he's talking to his mom actually. What have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. You know? And um, this is just before Jesus is going to perform his very first miracle at the wedding of Cana, where uh, he's going to turn water into wine. We all know that. It's a great famous story. But look at what Jesus said. He said, my hour is not yet come, Mary. My hour is not yet come, mom. Uh, Mary wanted to perform 
Mary wanted Jesus to perform a miracle even before the scheduled time. Now he did go ahead and honor his mother and save the couple from all the embarrassment. But what Jesus was saying was, listen, why has his hour not come? Wasn't he on earth? He was on earth, right? So what is exactly, what exactly is Jesus trying to tell Mary? Well, I think a lot of scholars would agree that what he's trying to tell Mary is the moment he comes into limelight, you know, he will be targeted. And so Jesus, now you look at this pattern and you will come to know. Okay, let's jump to verse 7. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Isn't it amazing? God did not allow anyone to touch Jesus because his time had not yet come. You see, this brings us great comfort, brothers and sisters. No one can harm us. No one can touch us. People can connive against us. They can, you know, plot against you. And uh, whether it is corporate politics or neighbors trying to plot you, plot against you. But till the Lord does not allow, no one can lay a hand on you because your time has not yet come. And when the Lord permits, if he does, only then they can touch you. you know? So we know that no one can touch us. Unless the Lord allows. Unless the Lord permits. Right? John 8 verse 20 says, These words, uh, these words spoke Jesus in the these words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Okay. There again you see, you know, Jesus was aware of his hour not yet come. And uh, God did not allow anything to happen till his hour had not come. Now look at how things change. John 12. Okay, you're seeing the progression, right? Now you come to John uh, 12. It says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Amen. Jesus was so aware of the hour, so aware of the time, that now his time had come from uh, John 7, 8 to John 12. Obviously, the time is moving forward. Look at John 17. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Amen. Hallelujah. There are many other verses with similar context where Jesus was so aware when his time had not come and when his time had come. I want to encourage you. You know, sometimes in today's time, we want to see things happen very fast. I see a lot of young leaders who want to become elders or, you know, lead churches or do things even before they are ready. I thank, thank God for the way we've built, you know, we've not had such people with such kind of, um, you know, ambitions. But there is a time, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, there is a time when God will take you through a process as he did to everyone in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, there is a time where you will be in obscurity. Nobody will know you. And God will watch, how is this man serving? How is this woman serving? Is she faithful in the little? Is she, you know, before you lead people into worship, are you worshipping yourself? Do you enjoy worshipping God? You know? Do you find time alone? And then God will bring you to a position where um, your time will come, your hour will come. Amen? So don't ask for anything before the allotted hour by God. Hallelujah. Man, let God decide when the right time is. You wait on the Lord and say, Lord, I will do what I have to do. I will be faithful to you. And uh, when the hour comes, glorify your son. Hallelujah. What a statement that is. Glorify me, Jesus says, you know, so that I may glorify you. I mean, there's a different tuning altogether between the father and the son. 
but they're looking to glorify one another. And Jesus says, now my hour has come. So till then, Jesus was faithful on earth. You know, despite being God, he just laid aside his majesty. We sing that song and Philippians 2 mentions it, you know. He laid aside, he took the form of a man and he humbled himself and became servant and became obedient to death. He just did his part. And then the hour came, the time came for Jesus to be glorified. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Okay. There's another verse there in John 13. It says, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And we know what comes next, right? Washing of the feet. Yeah, that's John 13. But this is how it starts. We often look at the, the chapter with all the action. But this is how it starts. It says, Jesus knew that his time had come. And before he departed, he loved his uh, disciples. You know, today, what do people do before they depart? There are a lot of things that they do. They make wise financial decisions. They write their will. And, you know, a lot of other things. Obviously, Jesus didn't have all the will. He was going to give them the Holy Spirit. What greater will, you know, <laughs> what greater treasure was going to come. But look at what Jesus did. He showed them the extent of his love. That is another translation that says, you know, he went full throttle, full throttle to show them how much um, he loves them. And I wanted to encourage uh, all of us, you know, at some stage when we will become old, I'm sure when people write the will also, it is the expression of their love, right? That this is what I've earned through all my life. I worked hard. I've saved. And this is my gift to you, my love. You know, but today it can become a little more about finance uh, rather than love. You know, people want to know the figure rather than the expression. And uh, But I want to encourage you, when we depart, what you leave for your children or your grandchildren, monetarily is secondary. Just make sure that you love them. Amen. We want to go like Jesus did, showing the full extent of your love. I'm sure you'll write your will and you'll do all of that. But the crux of the matter is love. Amen. So let's depart give, expressing great love. Great love. You know, I always feel, um, don't leave on a bad note. Anyway, whether you're leaving a church, and now I'm saying this right at the beginning of the year, don't leave Masriya, please. <laughs> but I'm saying if, in case, you know, you want to go away or you're leaving a job, you're, you know, you're quitting, anything, you're retiring, always make sure you leave on a lovely note. Hallelujah. Always leave on a love note because that is how Jesus departed. You know, he could have walked up to the Pharisees and said, I am coming back. Mind you, I am coming back. You know, you will see me and I will be the ghost that will haunt you. No, he doesn't do anything of that sort. He says, you know, he showed the full extent of his love to the disciples. Mind you, who were going to deny him. Who were going to, you know, some were going to betray him. Some were going to deny him. The others were going to run away. And yet knowing all of that is going to happen. Jesus, Jesus showed them the extent of his love. Hallelujah. I want to ex in, encourage you, brothers and sisters, to do that. You know, wherever you are moving, quitting, leaving, um, transferring, just make sure that uh, your final, um, what, what do I say, your final note, your final um, impression on them should be, you were someone who loved people, who loved them, right? Leave on a loving note. Okay? All right. Um, we all know, but I'll still highlight this verse. Luke 24, 21, Jesus is dead and the disciples are disappointed on the road to Emmaus. This is what happens. This is what they chat with a person. They don't know who he is. Okay, we know who he is. He's Jesus, but they couldn't somehow recognize him. Uh, there was some skill that Jesus used to hide his identity. 
you know, it was only later that it dawned on them, whether it was Mary or the disciples or even later when Peter and the Peter, John and on the gang goes fishing, you know, they don't recognize Jesus immediately. We don't know what happened post-resurrection, but we know one thing that nobody recognized Jesus in the first instance. You know, it took time for them to recognize that it was Jesus, right? So Mary uh, mistook them for a gardener and these two disciples who were with Jesus, they were probably a part of the 72. They didn't recognize. So look at what it says. He says, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened, you know, and Jesus explains to them, he says, you know, it had to be the third day. The timing had to be perfect. I often wonder why didn't Jesus immediately rise from the dead? Why not? You know, why, why, why Sunday? Why we buried, buried on Friday? He would have also solved a lot of doctrinal issues. Where was Jesus in those days? You know, if he, he didn't die, he died physically. Was he alive? Does God die? All that. It would have just been nice that boom, boom, say, you know, like the undertaker. He goes down and comes up. But it took the third day and there is a timing. And Jesus had said it. He said that, you know, no sign will be given to you, but the sign of Jonah. Hallelujah. So there is a timing that Jesus had when he will even rise from the dead. Isn't it amazing how God's timing is? Even Lazarus for that in instance, you know, four days. Four days. Imagine, why let the sisters cry and suffer? Why not, you know, do it in four hours uh, like he did for the widow of Cain? You know, even before the boy went to the burial site, Jesus rose him from the dead. Uh, Jairus' daughter, we don't know how long she was dead, but maybe hardly a few minutes because the servants had come and informed and Jesus went back. But with Lazarus, it took four days with himself. So there are four, uh, you know, resurrections associated with Jesus. With Jesus himself, he took three days, you know. So it's interesting, but the third day is, is the time span. Okay. No person knows when that day or time will be. This is what Jesus said. See, no one knows when his return will come. So this is again an important doctrine in the context of time, brothers and sisters. We don't know when the right time will be when Jesus will come, but we've got to be prepared. We've got to be prepared. Okay. All right. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard and stay alert. Hallelujah. The Bible encourages us that because we don't know when that time will be, we are called to stay on guard and stay alert. This is what we looked at a couple of verses earlier. But Jesus is time and again reminding his disciples that the time will come. It will come. And when it comes, please make sure you are ready. You are alert. Hallelujah. Okay. My last point is, uh, and then we're going to continue next time. Uh, we're going to look at some important things that Jesus wanted his disciples to know with regards to time. Not just what he thought, but some things that he wanted them to know. But look at this. He says, take heed. Behold, I have told you everything in advance. Now, I was so encouraged when I read this verse, you know. Uh, you know, you, you and I are people who are prophetic. God tells us things, what is going to happen. Right? We are not fortune tellers. You know, we are not... Uh, I mean, I've been wiping my hands so often, sanitizing. Yesterday I was traveling somewhere and I kept sanitizing, kept sanitizing. And I kept telling Jennifer that Jennifer at the rate, you know, Mary Lakir mid jayenge. Mera Bhavishya mid jayega. I was just teasing her, yeah. But you may be wondering what crazy guy doctrine he has. I'm just teasing her, okay. Because I kept sanitizing. Every time I gave a bill, every time I paid the toll, she like, hey, sanitize your hands, sanitize your hands. 
बिगिनिंग we know jesus knew even when he was going to the cross he knew what's coming after the cross for us why does paul say for me to die is gain because he knows that death is not the end for people in the world who don't have any hope it is the end but we in advance everybody say advance yeah advance right you remember those days when we used to do advance booking but now the multiplexes have changed that but in those days i'm sure hitesh would remember he would go on a monday book a ticket for friday right that was advance you know there was great joy in doing that advance now you had the ticket now you had the ticket abhi house full ho raha hai jo bhi ho raha hai hamara advance booking ho gaya hai hallelujah so we yes jesus is now you be careful you know what is coming right you know in advance that there is going to be death there is going to be judgment there is going to be resurrection of the dead there is going to be eternity there is going to be rewards so hey guys you christians you who believe in me and believe in the word please live your life in the light of the advance hallelujah knowing what's coming live accordingly hallelujah amen amen let's just pray on that uh, and let's close hey okay, pray for yourself say lord we don't know what's coming in 2021 honestly but we know that you are good you have gone ahead of us amen and we know in advance that you are a good god that is what we know we know you've been faithful in 2020 and you will be faithful in 2021 hallelujah amen let's just pray father we just want to thank you so much lord we thank you for uh, our salvation lord each person here my brothers and sisters we were we came to know you at a different time while some got to know you as they were children <clears throat> some got to know you at a older age some got to know you when they were single some got to know you when they got married lord at different timings lord but we thank you that we know you as our lord as our savior we thank you that you have revealed to us what's coming lord you've not kept that suspense we know lord one day you will come and we will see you face to face and we will be taken to heaven not on the basis of our righteousness and our living but because of what you've done on the cross and because of our faith in you we know we will spend eternity with you know we know that our works will be rewarded so lord help us to fan to flame all that you've given us and let us live in the light of your coming of your second coming lord we pray that we will begin to value time we will be careful lord we will be alert we pray this in your precious name lord jesus amen amen